Welcome to the Ingrained and Balanced Podcast, a place where busy adults can find the knowledge and inspiration to get back on track to living a healthier, well-balanced lifestyle. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Ingrained and Balanced Podcast. We have another great interview lined up for today. Uh, it's actually with an old friend of mine. His name's Eric Maltoller. Eric's been in the game a long time as a personal trainer. He actually runs, uh, owns and runs a, a fitness center now with a bunch of different trainers, therapists, covering all different kinds of training methodologies, disciplines. He's going to bring some of their knowledge to the conversation today. Eric also is an elite athlete. Um, he's trained for marathons, Ironmans. He's done it all. He's got a lot of wisdom to share. We're going to get into some interesting stuff relating to metabolic efficiency training. I don't even want to try to explain it. He's going to break it down and give you a little advice on what you can do to help burn fat more efficiently during your workouts, but also just while you're you know, working and, and trying to figure out your eating habits for the day, the week, so on and so forth. Okay. So without any further ado, let's get into it. First of all, to our listeners, I've been friends with Eric for, I think, 20 years or so, right? Yeah, probably. 2002 so Yeah, I used to be a personal trainer at a health club, I'm not going to mention, back in the day. So he's been training a long time. And I know you got into doing some elite athlete endurance stuff, which we'll get into a little bit later. So with that said, I'm going to ask you a question. We always love to ask this morning, what is something you did you try to do every day to get your, your day started? Can you tell listeners what that is? That's a good question, actually. So I like to wake up when, it, when my alarm goes off. I don't necessarily jump out of bed, but I try to give myself, you know, five minutes just to kind of wake up and just be quiet. Because uh, you know, when I when I do get up, it's go go go. Open my blinds, let the sun come through, and then I always have a, a bottle of water on my my nightstand. So drink that, start getting lubricated up a little bit, do my thing in the bathroom, brush teeth and stuff, and then. Go downstairs, feed the dog, get my coffee going, or sometimes I'll do a lemon juice, lemon water, uh, just to kind of cleanse myself, depending on how my week's been. And then uh, I always try to take the dog out for a nice walk uh, as much as possible. I try to start my day where I can at least have an hour before I have to leave the house and get to work. So I try to like just be quiet and calm, no TVs on. Try not to be on my phone too much. I mean, I'll check some, see if clients text me or whatever, email. But I try to just be quiet, um, do my thing, and getting out, especially if it's sunny out, getting out in the sun and walking for a little bit. It's just a good way just to get the day going, you know? So, um, and then I try, depending on how, what my day is looking like, I'll either do breakfast early if I have a jam packed day like this morning, or if I know I can come home an hour later and, and eat, then I'll do that. I'm assuming you attribute that just to, you know, Maintaining balance so you're not starting with stress already on your shoulders to, you know, deal with things on a, on, on a better level. Um, there's certain ways that Marty and I are a little different. Actually, it might be similar, Marty. It's just the actual time you do is a little later than me, right? <laughs> well, you know, I'm going to, so I will confess to a bad habit. Like, you know, we always talk about good habits and we, you know, we want to highlight our good habits. When I get up, the fr almost the first thing I do is I grab a Coke Zero. <laughs> that's, that's how I get go. my day started. So oh, it is geez. something that I'm going to uh, try and work on. And I, 
you know, one of the things that I've heard almost every professional or anybody who is knowledgeable uh, on our show talk about is getting hydrated first thing in the morning. And I don't do that correctly, right? So Coke Zero is not a great way to hydrate right away in the morning. You know, I, I love to go on my walk. I love to get out in the sun and I love to think while I walk and that's all good stuff. But so, yeah, I need to work on the hydration as a first thing. Like, so I will work on that. That's, that's, uh, so thank you for giving us <laughs> I'm that, get uh, out of there. that <laughs> good habit, that <laughs> good habit. I'm going to, I gave you my bad habit. I'm going to work on that. I'm going to try to get better. Eric, I was thinking about one of the first questions I wanted to ask you, just because I know you as the personal trainer more so than the business owner of lateral fitness, which we'll get into. But are you training clients consistently like you did back in the day, or are you more of the, the business owner overseeing all the trainers and things of nature? What's your day-to-day look like? Yeah, I doubled down since I came from uh, the other place. I'm full-time trainer and I'm a business owner. So if it wasn't for me training, this place wouldn't be as successful just because I do bring in a lot of income when it comes to the training, but then also I want to obviously pay myself. So that's obviously an important part of it. The trainers that we have, and we'll get into the gym and all that, but they pay their rent for the most part. So that's good. If I didn't work, we'd survive, but you know, I also want to get paid. And plus, I have a lot of clients that I've had for, since I've known you, 20-something years. And have been coming to me for that long and they, they rely on me and I'm, I'm their, their rock in a way. So, right, right. That says a lot. Says a lot. Um, well, if you can take a minute and tell our listeners the uniqueness of lateral fitness, and, you know, as I mentioned in the intro, it, it's a boutique style gym. Um, you have different trainers and therapists and so on and so forth. Is there a criteria that you look for when you're bringing on trainers? Are you trying to make sure you have different methodologies, different professions? So any consumer, any customer looking for a specific, you know, is that, is that right in saying so? Or? Yeah, absolutely. So we have 50 something specialist trainers, technicians that work out of here. They're all independent contractors. So they pay rent. I got stylist with a chair and we have everything from personal trainers, massage therapists, physical therapists, plotty, reformer instructors, golf instructors. We have a lot of different specialists here. So the cool thing about it is it's not like a big box gym where the trainers are kind of fighting over their their clients. They, they don't want other people to train them or you know watch over them, especially if they go out of town or whatever because they're afraid they're going to lose them for, as a client. It's more about kind of working with individuals as a whole. So I may have a client that goes to me and then massage therapist. They may have something going on with their body where they're going to the physical therapist and then go to another guy for some golf training. So we kind of keep them here and with the education and the specialties that we have here. So we're like a little bit over 9,000 square foot gym and um, been here for 10 and a half years now. So it's been working. Well, to our listeners, if you want to learn more about lateral fitness, we're going to have a link directly to the website in the show notes below. Make sure you check that out. Well, did you get a chance to talk to your trainers? Because uh, obviously we're here to talk about habits, right? Something maybe our listeners can can chew on after they get off the call and see what works for them. 
Um, do you have any good advice that some of your trainers advise their clients on day one to start? Yeah. You know, a couple of the trainers, um, one in particular, JB, he likes to ask her clients, what's going on with your body? Um, what did your, your day and night look like or your week look like? Are you stressed this week? Is work stressful? Did you go out for cocktails last night? Find out what's going on with their body and their mind before they start their session. So they're not just coming in and saying, okay, we're doing this, this, and this today. Well, if their body's stressed out and, you know, or they're tired or something's going on with them, we may not want to do that workout that we originally planned. So they will, you know, they'll take it and tweak it a little bit to what is going to be good for that client at that particular time. A lot of our trainers will ask, what's going on in their life? How is their diet looking? Even if we see them three times a week, it could change, right? Like you just said, everybody's different, obviously. And once they leave the gym, you don't know what they're doing, right? So I think that exactly. asking that question up front is key because it's like it's different than what do you plan on doing the next three days before I see you again? It doesn't matter. It's like, what did you really do when they come in? Could yeah, yeah. reflect how they should train them day. So yeah, anyways, go ahead. And we can't hold their hand outside of the gym. We see them one, one hour a day, you know. One of them, JB, also likes to identify what's, what's in their control and find out what, what's out of their control. So like if, if they have some stress, stressors going on, how can we can control that to the best of the ability can, compared to how we can't can control it? So if there's something out of our control, what can we do to try to like bring you back in and find out what is going to be good for you at that point in time, right? Yeah. So how do you mitigate the the negative things that are out of your con- out of your control, right? So here's a stress, like a work stress. You got a big deal coming up. You know you're going to be stressed. There's no way to avoid it, right? Um, you right, can do right. everything right. You can do all the preparation. You're going to be stressed. All right. So given that, so what what other modifications do we have to do to your regular routine to acknowledge that hey, you're you're under like more stress than normal. So right. we have to make sure that maybe you're taking more magnesium at night so that you know that you're 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 getting good sleep maybe you know who knows what it is you know maybe it's hydrating first thing in the morning so that you're getting ready to go you know so yeah that, that yep. i mean that's that sounds great like uh really good stuff to your point they also may take them and um bring them in so say they they relieve a little stress by doing an extra hard workout or maybe it's the opposite where they need to lay on lie on the mat and do more of a meditation session right or stretching just that kind of stuff will just open up their their mind a little bit, let them relax. A lot of our trainers will uh, cu- customize their their session at that point in time to what's going on in their life, right? Would a good example also be like I'm I'm connecting it with one big excuse or things that they say is out of their control is they don't have time to eat well, right? Meaning they're crazy busy or they're traveling for work. Would that be considered something like that? Where okay, well now you got to talk about meal prep, taking a little bit more initiative and in preparing the food and taking it with you. That would be a good example, right? Of something that they would say is out of their control, but it's really not. They have to take control, right? Absolutely, and you can meal prep like you said, or there's a ready to drink protein drinks or or bars right. that they can bring with or whatever. You know. Now, do you guys, you specifically as a trainer and the trainers at your gym? Do they, do most of them like recommend if they don't want to do it themselves? Like, is there a service 
or do you try to give them instruction on how they should meal prep themselves? Depends on the client. So some, they're like, I don't want to be in the kitchen working. Yeah, maybe we'll hire someone to do it for them. Or there's all those services now with, you know, Uber Eats and all that. They're out there. They're I know in major markets, you know, they're a diamond. I mean, they, I know they can come into your home and actually put the food in the fridge if you leave your key with your doorman or your whoever's got you know how they get access to your home. So for you listeners out there, if you you know if you can afford it, there's usually a company out there. If you don't have time, but you have you know the income, you can afford it. You can find companies that will make great food, proportioned properly, well balanced to your specific dietary needs, and have it in your fridge when you get home. They're out there. Just Google it, put in your zip code, and you'll find out who's in your area. So good. I love that. Go ahead. What else you got, buddy? Well, then uh, one of our trainers, just for herself, she she likes to kind of what I did. Like they do five minutes of early nothing, and then I they uh. She likes to get up early, meditate, read a book, um, go to a coffee shop and just sit there quietly and read a book, get away from the phone. So the stressors like that, you know, social media, our, our emails, our phones are in our hands all day long or in our pockets, right? So like getting away from that kind of stuff and just purposely putting it to the side and not looking at it and trying to do something else. Um, it's definitely just a good habit to start getting into. She likes to go go reading. And then at nighttime, uh, she likes to give gratitude. She writes down three things she's grateful for. Um, doesn't have to be something big, but something like small to happen during the day. Um, like sitting at a coffee shop reading or a client said they really loved their workout today. Being reminded that um, even during tough situations and stressful days, there's still little things out there that are meaningful. Once again, like going back to all the stuff we just chatted about, everybody's completely different. So like meditation is not going to work for everybody. Stretching or getting a massage may not work for you or meal prepping, but you kind of find out those things that do help you and then maybe take one or two of those into your daily life, especially when it's stressful or busy and see if it can just remind you that you need to just relax for a minute. We're getting a lot more people that are saying they're getting into like just journaling, kind of we just said, like it, putting things down on paper. I, I've never done it. I've never tried it. I'm not saying I won't try it at some point, but I find that very interesting to take the time mm-hmm. to have that self-reflection of what's going on in your life, putting goals down. Some people need it in black and white. They just don't have the, you know, the, the, they can't take the initiative. They don't have the mindset to do that. But, um, all right, well, cool. I, I know one of my big questions for you is as a trainer now, you personally, and um, since the pandemic, have you found anything like a common, I don't know if the word is ailment, but a common issue that people are coming to you for that maybe was different than before the pandemic? Well, I mean, it's definitely changed since the beginning to the end to now. But a lot of people are still working from home. So, and they're sitting at a desk all day long. They're not getting out walking as much. They're either not walking to work if they, if the listeners live in the city, a lot of you are probably not walking to work a lot or going to get coffee. They're driving more, but the people that are working from home are more sedentary, believe it or not. Even when they're on their conference calls, they're not walking around the house or that kind of stuff because they have to be on a Zoom call, right? We are finding people are starting to get tighter throughout their body or 
are leading to more injuries that are like upper upper and lower back pains, shoulder and neck issues just from sitting at their computer all day long. So we kind of have to work around a lot of that now. Hip mobility, um, spine mobility. And I've been finding that more people are reacting to mobility type training after all this uh, that has gone on the last few years. When I think of mobility training, I'm thinking of putting uh, exhausting a group of 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 muscles through uh, percussion, whether it's like a, you know one of the battery operated drills or using a lacrosse ball or uh, rolling, something like that, where you're really kind of like I like to say like hammering the muscles almost into submission because sometimes you get those muscles that are that are screaming and that are working too much, right? Is that kind of what you're talking about with mobility or is, do you have a larger definition or a different definition? Like what's, what's your definition of mobility? Definitely the, the foam roller or the lacrosse ball and all that can come into play, right? Okay. Um, but you can start as small as cat cow as you're on your hands and knees and just arching your back and extending extension and flexion, right? And then bird dogs, you're lifting your, your arm and leg out. Those are some basic ones you can get into, but then we're talking about rotation stuff so you know on with the cable machine or a band some rotation hip exercises moving the uh, thoracic cavity and near hips and all that kind of stuff uh taking band work and hitting up on a door and even working range of motions so you know your your arms are going in can go in all different range of motions try to find those range of motions that you can get to and you can even do isometrics with it or you can do quick work with it, but um, it, with the hips, that's like a tight tightness that a lot of clients are coming in with from sitting at their desk all day. Any kind of hip mobility, uh, hip work, rotation of their hip, not just a squat or you know a deadlift or something like that. You want to work it in different realms and, and areas. I have a little hack for my listeners out there. So I pretty much work at a desk all day, Zoom meetings all day. And, uh, about a year ago, I said, I've got to do something, you know, I got to, sometimes I'll take a break for 10 minutes and walk around. I'm like, I don't want to take that many breaks. So I bought one of these little desk lifts, this little hydraulic standing uh, desk that moves up from my standing height. And I think it costs maybe $60 or something like that. So every 30 minutes, I set my timer and I stand up for 30, I sit for 30 and I do it all day. And when I'm standing, I'm doing my little, I don't, I don't want to call it butt lifts, but <laughs> I'm kicking little leg kicks out. You know what I mean? And right, it just gets the right. blood flowing and it's great. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're listening to this and you, you want to check it out, I'll put the link to the one I got. Um, it's unbelievable. It's fantastic. It fits obviously my laptops and my other screens and everything on there. So, um, yeah. So I think that's great. If you're going to be at a desk all day, I think being mobile, you know, keep moving as much as you can is huge. So how about, um, Training styles. I know you're certified in a bunch of different things. Is there a different approach you do today that, you know, as you're onboarding a new client, that's different than what you did 15, 20 years ago? Well, I'm also 15, 20 years older. So, right. right. Uh, I'm not, I'm not doing, uh, you know, two or three plates on a chest press or a thousand pound leg press anymore. Uh, it definitely has led to. Tightness and, and some injuries throughout the body. But back in the day, I used to bodybuild more. 
you wanted to look good. So like bodybuilding was more of a way to build muscle and all that. Yeah. So it's a totally different style of training compared to what I started going into is more endurance training. So I'm now I'm more of an endurance athlete. Do right. um half marathons, uh triathlons, duathlon. I was world You're still uh, competing? You're still doing it? Uh, I'm not not competing anymore. I kinda retired from that just because of I would train like three hours a day and then still have to shower, eat lunch, take the dog out. Like I didn't have clients. I didn't have time for clients. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But with that being said, the whole style of training is different, right? So you're doing more of your your running and your intervals and your your cycling. Uh, Your lifting can't be as heavy because you're going to start getting tight and you don't need a big chest to run. The style of training turned into more functional training and endurance training and so that's kind of led into that and more more of the uh the mobility work you know functional yeah. training as well let me ask you a real quick question because I, I used to be a runner when i was younger but as i've gotten older i found that running was it was a little bit hard on my body you know i've gotten bigger i you know i i, I gained some weight since you know i was 100 2530 pounds you know back in back in high school and now i'm uh probably 190 195 lots of people forever have thought like running is the greatest thing it's very simple it's it's basic anybody can do it you can do it almost any time there's lots of great stuff about it but lately i hear like well you know maybe there's some better things and maybe running can do some damage to you like where where do you where do you fall on that spectrum no it's not for everybody Everything that we do here is not for everybody. Everybody is their own individual and has the, the body t- types that can take certain stresses and can't, right? So maybe something for you would be more of a cycling or um, even a stair climber or something like that if you wanted to do more cardio or, you know, longer, quicker walks. So yeah, running is not for everybody. It definitely could be put a stress on the body, jar your system, jar your hips, your knees, all that kind of stuff. But but it has it hasn't for you really. You haven't really noticed that either. That or or knock on wood, not yet. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> but, all right. But yeah, don't get me wrong. It definitely has. And there's times where I've had to take months off um, in order to heal my body from whatever injury or ailment I had. Right. But you have to listen to your body. If your body's not taking it at that point in time, then you can't do it or don't do it. You're just going to injure yourself more, and then you'll never run again. And for you, the, the, the joy and, uh, you know, the, uh, the endorphins. And I remember the endorphins I would get after, after like a really great run. That's worth it for you. Like, you know, the, those, those, those things. And that's actually a, a form of meditation for me. Actually, I, I think a lot clearer when I go for a run. I might become more creative. I have I come up with a lot more ideas for work or my personal life or I have a, a hobby of photography. So I may come up with some, some ideas with, with that when I run. So it's pretty interesting for me when I go for a run that it just opens up a lot of doors for me, which is nice. Well, before we start getting into end of the day habits, I want to touch on one of your 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 things you focus on, which is metabolic efficiency training. So if you could take a minute and talk clients a little bit about what that is, and if there's any advice you can give people that again they don't can't make it to the gym every day, but they work out at home you know, or on their own or remotely, how they can can focus on burning fat more efficiently during their workout. So it all started with um, scientists, dietitians working with kids who had diabetes. So in order to lo- lower their glucose levels so their pancreas isn't secreting insulin um, all the time, 
they found that lowering a certain amount of carbs worked with these kids, which we all know that, right? But it's basically training your body to utilize fat storages as your main fuel source rather than going to your carb or protein storage, right? So what I do with, with clients, and everybody's different once again, so like maybe someone eats a ton of carbs all day long or someone doesn't eat carbs. I have to work with them differently, but we try to carb unload them and try to train their body to utilize their fat storages as their main fuel source. Because you have like 70,000 calories of fat stored in your body. And if you can utilize that. So then going from the kids, we found out that it actually works with athletes really well. So your long distance endurance runners, you see people that have to take gels or Gatorade every 30, 45 minutes. You don't really need to do that. You can train your body to not rely on that kind of stuff. And once again, go back to your fat storage as your main fuel source. Mm-hmm. So that's amazing. Yeah. So even, even your ultra marathoners are doing this and they're just like, they're loading up on more fats during their, their meals and not as many carbs. Now I'm not saying carbs are bad. Your good grains are obviously really good for you still. Like your, your farro and your brown rice and that kind of stuff. But you may not have that in every single meal. So what we're training clients to do is have a 50-50 module. So basically, you take a plate. Half of it is your proteins and fats. So basically, fats are going to come along with most proteins. So if it's animal-based or even if it's plant-based, there's a little bit more fat in those, like beans or whatever. So you have your fat and protein, that's one section, and the other side is going to be your vegetables and just vegetables and fruits, okay? You can pile your vegetables up as high as you want because that's, and there's not a ton of calories and they're really nutrient-based for you. Um, your, your fruits, depending on what your activity levels are during the week or the month or how your training is going, you may or may not have more fruits during that time. And then... We take that plate module 50-50, and let's say I'm training you, Lottie, for uh, a triathlon. You have a triathlon this weekend. All right, we're going to start throwing some more grains and good carbohydrates into that 50-50. So now you have 50% vegetables and, pro- and uh, fruit, and then you may break it off to like 80% protein and fat, and then maybe like 20% carbs. And then depending on how your week's looking, we may take some of that away, the carbs away, or but ultimately you want the 50-50, right? So that so say you're in a restaurant, and you can measure this kind of stuff out at home easily, but when you're at a restaurant, it's hard to base 50-50, right? So say you order something. What I usually tell people is eat your 50-50, wait 20 minutes. If you're still hungry, then you could add a little bit more. But don't just eat like let's say they're let's say they give you a big bowl of pasta. I mean, that's going to be like 80% carbs, right? My preconception was, oh, this is when you talk about teaching your body how to burn fat, you're talking about, oh, you've got to have your heart rate at certain certain level and you got to have, I mean, what I'm hearing from you is, hey, this is mostly about diet. The way to, the way to teach your body to, to, to burn fat rather than, you know, is, is to, you know, reduce your, your, you know, your, let's call it the, the simple carbs, right? You know? Vegetables are cool, but have more of a 50-50 between proteins and fats. 
and your body will learn to use those fat reserves. But now you're talking about this for sort of like what I'm hearing is, is for more, you know, elite athletes, you know, most people who want to burn, want to learn how to burn fat are just like, like me. It's like, I could use, you know, if I want to lose a couple of pounds around my, you know, my belly and I got some fat there. So how do I do that? As most men over 35. So very, very good points and very good questions. So when we, they let from the kids to the athletes, but now they find out you can do this for anybody, right? So for weight loss, this is just the first half of it all. So this is more of your lifestyle approach. And if you can take this as your lifestyle approach, the way, and by the way, this is like a five minute segment of like an hour session I would have with someone explaining the whole thing, right? Um, if you can take this, make it a lifestyle approach, you're still going to go out, have your drinks on the weekend. You're still going to go out, have your pizza, but come back and, and maintain. Okay. Those are the first half. If you do want to get more scientific about it and find out what your fat burning zone is with your heart rate, you can also figure that out too. Either um, some hospitals will have this, uh, some gyms will have this, but you can do resting metabolic testing, which you're sitting there basically 20 minutes with the mask on, peaceful and quiet, not doing anything. And it calculates how much oxygen you're bringing in and out. And that's how many calories you're going to be burning in a 24-hour day. So I'll say, um, I burned 1,700 calories at rest. I need at least 1,700 <laughs> calories. Yeah, right. I need 1,700 calories. Just the just the You're an outlier my life. guy after 25 <laughs> years of training like that. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, so then you're going to go to the gym and burn 1,000 calories in a spin class. And um, so now you're negative, you know, 1,000 calories. And I say you only eat 1,700 calories a day. But we teach you how to how many calories you need per day. And then you can take a VO2 test, which is the this, this third thing. And you're on a treadmill with a mask. And it's calculating the amount of oxygen at a different, uh, different level of intensities. And it's finding out, okay, so you started off with a resting heart rate of 60. And we got you all the way up to 160 on the treadmill. But with our calculations that printed out, it's finding that between... 118 and 132 is your fat burning zone. That's like the magic zone of where you should be when you're exercising to burn fat calories. Why does that zone exist? What's so special about that zone? So the amount of oxygen that's coming through, the, the amount of, that you're moving the fat cells around, you're going to start burning more of your carb and protein calories when you get outside of that zone. The common... Uh... To, you know, perception, and there's so much mixed messaging out there, right? In the last, I would say, 10 years on, you know, I think this relates to this, when is the best time to work out? Or when is the best time to do your cardio? Is it before you lift or after lift as it relates to burning stored fat, right? Or is it better to work out in the morning or the afternoon? And I always touch on what's different for everybody. But again, as it relates to the metabolic efficiency training, if there was a simpler, just one line piece of advice that you would give to people that don't have that baseline testing done, what would be the simple advice to be? You may have to explore what's going to work best and where you start seeing the results if you can't get tested. But don't go in, go in with a mindset that I want to go into, I'm going to use a spin class, for example, just because it's a high intensity and your heart rate's up there the whole time. You're basically not bringing it down a lot of times. So 
don't, don't go in the mindset where like, my heart rate's at 160 the whole time for the whole hour and I'm burning a thousand calories. But I've seen people come out of those classes for a whole year and never lose a pound of, a pound mm-hmm. of fat. Yeah. Well, one, we don't know how they're eating and drinking outside of the gym. But yeah. two, that may be too intense for them to burn fat. They may be outside of that fat burning zone. So right. what I would suggest is start off a little bit slower where you're actually, it's almost an embarrassing walk, run type thing. Let's say you're going into a run. Um, maybe walk, run. So your heart rate's thing in the one teens and see how that works for you. They, it's usually not going to be over in the one thirties uh, for most people, for people that are not, you know, high intensity athletes um, or professional athletes for normal, the normal Joe out there, Jane or Joe, um, you may be in the one teens or one twenties and that may be your magic zone for burning fat. So you may have to like, just bring it back a few steps in order to find what's going to actually work for you. It sounds like you're preaching. You're saying, Hey, uh, you know, the intensity is great, but maybe that's not the most important thing. And maybe you're actually going too intense. And what's more important is that consistency. So maybe dial back the intensity a little bit. And maybe you're going to dial up the, the, the duration or the con- even better, the consistency probably. And, and you might get better results. It's good for your heart to go higher too. And you could do interval training where like, I don't know, let's, we're going to run now. Um, I'm going to sprint for a quarter mile and then I'll bring it to a walk run. So you're bringing your heart rate up and down like this. Your average actually may be, you may get to 160 and you may be down to 100, but your average may be 120, right? So that may be a good way to do it too. I've seen people have good results with that. But yes, to your point, Marty, it's true. Okay. If anybody out there wants to learn more about metabolic efficiency training, I'm going to ask links uh, in the show notes here so you can do your own research because it can't get scientific. And what people need to get out of it is going to be different and what they're willing to do. So take it upon yourself, do your research. Um, I might ask Eric to, to send me a little blog post or something like that we could we could put on the page as well so before we wrap up end of the day Eric what are you doing to wind down at the end of the night to make sure you get a good night's sleep is there habits you you do and what you you advise your clients to do every day yeah I open up a bottle of vodka and just down <laughs> just oh that's no. not the same Eric 20 years ago bro no, <laughs> no. Um, you know kind of the same way as I, I started the day I, I really want to just wind down and relax. So, and by the way, you could still have a cocktail or a glass of wine or something. It's not, it's not, you know, something that's bad for you. As a matter of fact, there's some nutritious elements that come into play with that. But, you know, trying to get away from the, off your phone again, uh, especially if you're on your computer all day long or if you're working from your desk, try to put all that stuff to the side, work to the side. Turn your notifications off. That's definitely the common denominator we get, Marty, isn't it? With everybody, screen time, at least an hour before bed, for many reasons. There's the scientific part that I've read some interesting stuff about the the light, ultraviolet light that screens put off to your eyes that make it harder for your, if you want to say your whatever, falling asleep. Um, it takes makes take longer, but then it's just the anxiety and stress from, especially if you come across something negative in the news or or whatever it is in social media. So there's all these different reasons why experts are saying, you know, turn off your screens at least an hour before bed. So yeah, um, I agree with that. How about when's if, the last time, the last meal you eat? What time is that at? 
Yeah, so I try not to eat. Um, I try to eat three hours or so before I go to bed, if I can. I try to go to bed around 10. Sometimes it'll be 10.30. So I try not to eat any more, any later than 7, 7.30 if possible. I do like to try to go for a walk again, just to kind of, you know, digest kind of some of that stuff. It just, it's a relaxed, relaxation technique for me with my dog. But I'll also even take a shower sometimes before bed, especially if I'm getting up early the next morning. And it just kind of just relaxes you and kind of calms you down a little bit. And then cold water or hot water? I do. I do hot. I do hot water. You hot? It's, yeah. Yeah. Did you ever take a, a cold shower, ice shower? I, I did a cold plunge the other day. Did you? Is, yeah. <laughs> just randomly or is that something you try to do periodic? I'm going to start trying to do that now. Yeah. 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 Was that the first we'll time you did it? Uh, you know, in quite a while. Yeah. 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 Talked about a little bit on the show. I know it's got its health benefits. I haven't done it yet. Um, I've done the polar plunge here in Chicago, you know, for that charity. But other than that, I mean, I was in for literally three seconds and ran right back out. But Marty, have you tried it yet since we talked about it on the show a few episodes ago? I have, I have not, I, I confess. So I, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I now go to a gym where they actually have cold dip tubs. So, yep. uh, as soon as I get up the courage, I'm going to do that. Um, uh, yeah. but yeah, right now, up until now, the courage has been lacking. So <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Maybe we'll, maybe I'll, I'll schedule two, two of us can go together. We'll bring a camera, yeah, yeah. we'll record an episode. <laughs> Yeah. Show, we'll interview the people that run the place. That could be a good episode. I like that. I like that yeah, idea. Yeah. Then you'll have no excuse, buddy. That's <laughs> it. Um, all right. Well, folks, we're going to wrap this up. Eric, thank you so much for joining no, us. Thank today. you, guys. That was good. If you like this episode and you or your, yourself or know somebody, a loved one, a co worker, family member, can benefit from any of the wisdom that Eric shared with us today, please share this episode with them. And if you haven't done so, make sure you subscribe to the show, like this episode, leave a review if you'd like, send me any questions for Eric. If you have any, I'll make sure we get back to you as soon as possible. Again, thanks for joining us, everybody. Take care. We'll see you soon.